0: travels by broomstick comes to you from south wales the land of the dragon oh and sheep we got lots of sheep welcome to all you good people out there in podcast land so let's get the broomstick out the garage and off we go This week's Travels by Broomstick comes to you from a town called Caerphilly in South Wales. It's famous for its hard crumbly white cheese made from cow's milk. Thoughts were being created to provide food for the local miners. Also for its haunted castle. But today we are on the hunt for our favourite cryptid, Bigfoot.
1: I would like to give a big shout out to Tyler, who left us a comment on our Penturk incident episode. After I said that a family member of mine saw a UFO on Caffili Mountain, he commented saying, Big up, Caffili, bring on the Bigfoot. So today's episode is especially for you, Tyler. <clears throat> Bigfoot spotted on Caffili Mountain was the headline article reported in the Caffili Observer on Tuesday, the 20th of September, 2016 a terrifying yeti-like creature was spotted by Jason Parsons, a Bigfoot enthusiast from Cardiff. Jason captured what is believed to be the first UK Bigfoot footage of a gorilla-like creature gripping and pulling on a tree while he was on a hike up Cofillia Mountain.
0: Jason Parsons had been filming strange cross-shaped structures and oddly broken trees, which he believed related to Bigfoot behaviour. Jason passed the video footage that he had taken of the mysterious creature to Adam Bird, the co-founder of the British Bigfoot research organization, as evidence. Adam, who is from Nottingham, stated that, we believe Jason Parsons has captured footage of something quite significant. There have been many reports of mysterious ape men all around the world, part human, part ape, large, tall, and hairy. They walk upright on two legs, but always remain hidden. There are Bigfoot or Sasquatch across the northwest of America and Canada as well as in Florida, skunk apes that inhabit the Everglades, the Wild Man of Borneo in Indonesia, the Yeti in the Himalayas, or the Abominable Snowman of Tibet. The Australians have Yaoi, which have reportedly been seen in the Blue Mountain area west of Sydney, and the Yeren reported to inhabit remote mountainous regions of China, most famously in the Shaninjia forestry district of the Hubei Province. But are there hairy humanoids walking around Kafili Mountain?
1: Kafili Mountain lies between the town of Kafilli and Wales's capital city of Cardiff. Its summit is 271 meters. that's 889 foot above sea level. You can walk right up to the trig point at the very top.
0: That's not much of a mountain even by Welsh standards.
1: As we walk along the trail, we get to a woodland area and it's very quiet here. Away from the main road and the sound of the traffic with beautiful views and the sounds of birds singing, it is the exact spot where Jason Parsons saw the Bigfoot shaking a tree in the woods. He was actually unaware that he was so close to the alleged Bigfoot until he got home and watched the footage. He said that he was absolutely astonished to see what can only be described as a gorilla-like figure slightly blended into the dark brush and surrounding trees. The Bigfoot is seen to be shaking a tree but Jason was completely oblivious to this as at the time he was only filming a stick that had been broken in an extremely odd way. He had previously visited Kefili Mountain just a few days before and had noticed a lot of typical X-type structures that he believed to be Bigfoot boundary marks. Adam Bird, co-founder of the British Bigfoot Research Organisation, said that sceptics will say it's just a person, but why would a person stand in the middle of a remote forest swinging and pushing a tree? Let's think about this logically. Jason Parsons also passed on the footage to Tri Driver, who is an American Bigfoot hunter. He said that upon zooming into the video, you do see what appears to be a figure that does indeed match to what is known as a Bigfoot in North America. Tri said that he does not claim to know anything about the history of Bigfoot in the United Kingdom, but he does believe that it is very possible that this is a Bigfoot sighting. Legends of Bigfoot have been reported around the world since the 1850s, so seeing one in the woodlands of Wales is no different. Although the vast majority of Bigfoot sightings are dismissed by scientists as hoaxes, the existence of giant ape-like creatures roaming around the forests do appear in many folklore tales. So what do you think about this Bigfoot sighting? Is it just distortion from a digital camera in 2016? Could it be a type of pareidolia where the brain interprets random images such as leaves or patterns of light as faces? Or is this the next frame 352?
0: Frame 352 refers to the Patterson Gimlin film, which is alleged to depict a female Bigfoot, which, depending on your perspective, is either the best evidence that Bigfoot exists or one of the best hoaxes ever perpetrated. For those of you that are unfamiliar with this footage, it was shot by Roger Patterson at Bluff Creek, California in October 1967. It's also a piece of film that is filled with controversy, as even the Bigfoot community are divided on this. Roger Patterson and his friend Bob Gimlin had heard reports of Bigfoot sightings in and around the Six Rivers National Forest in Northwest California they decided to go and see for themselves. Roger Patterson was fascinated by Bigfoot and published a book in 1966 titled Do a Abominable Snowmen of America Really Exist? He also kept up to date with the Sasquatch-seeking community. So when the men found the creature at the tributary of the Klamath River, one of the six rivers from which the forest takes its name, they were understandably very shocked. The presence of this Bigfoot caused Roger Patterson's terrified horse to react in such a way that he struggled to control the horse while trying to get his camera out of his bag in an effort to start filming the evidence in front of him. The footage taken lasts for less than a minute and is significantly shaky in parts. At one point, the Bigfoot is seen to glance back at them, showing its significant height, full fur coverage and even its breasts, which can be clearly seen. The film ends as the Bigfoot vanishes into the surrounding woodland. Whilst Roger Patterson shot with his camera, Bob Gimlin was ready to shoot with his rifle, keeping a very close eye on the situation. Reportedly, both men tried to pursue the Bigfoot and eventually tracking it for about three miles. However, it was never seen again. A number of respected Bigfoot authorities say that this footage indeed captures an unknown primate and that on examination of the film, by the North American Science Institute at an incredible cost in excess of $70,000, concluded that this film was completely genuine, saying that the animal's fur, skin texture, and muscle movements were that of a real living creature, and not a man in a hairy suit. On the other hand, a number of people have come forward on record to claim knowledge that the Patterson Gimlin film is a fake. Some have even claimed to be participants in his making. It has been suggested that the famous Bigfoot hoaxer, Ray Wallace, actually met with Roger Patterson, claiming that he knows who is in the Bigfoot costume, but he will not give a name. Ray Wallace also says that he told Roger Patterson where to film his Bigfoot. Ray Wallace was a self-admitted hoaxer, so maybe this evidence should be taken with a pinch of salt. The biggest, most controversial claim is from Bob Hieronymus, who claims that he was the man in the Patterson-Gimlin Bigfoot costume, a secret that he kept to himself for years, as he was fearful of possible legal ramifications for his actions. He has described in great detail the nature of the costume that he wore, how it was constructed, and the circumstances under which the filming took place. To find out more, read Greg Long's book called The Making of Bigfoot. But believe it, or try to debunk it, this film made Bigfoot famous.
1: Caffilly Mountain isn't the only place that Bigfoot has been spotted in Wales as in March 2002 a man describing himself as a forester living in a remote mountain hut in Snowdonia in North Wales. After hearing many reports of sightings of a monstrous beast in the area he decided to prepare for an expedition. Accompanied by a group of his colleagues he set out. One night the Bigfoot attacked the campsite Much of the equipment that the men had with them was damaged. They said that the creature was huge, at least 10 feet high and standing upright on two legs. It seemed to be investigating the camp, and when the dog they had with them tried to go after it, absolute mayhem and total terror ensued. The Bigfoot was clearly distressed. It was very fortunate that nobody was hurt in what was sure to be an incredibly scary situation. All the men ran off but returned to the campsite to try and salvage what they could. There were no tracks as the landscape was mostly rocks, scree and heather, and all of the camera equipment had been damaged beyond repair. The tent had been torn through the sides. It was as if the Bigfoot had been totally rampaging through the campsite. In the description given by the group, they said that the creature was 10 feet tall, standing on two legs, that it gave off a strong musky smell, that it had dark brown hair or fur with massive hands and its eyes appeared glowing red in colour. They claimed that the bizarre beast was very intelligent and was definitely afraid of them, being distressed by the invasion in its habitat. Oliver Lewis, an essential member of the Centre for Fortean Zoology, a professional and scientific organisation dedicated to cryptozoology, has investigated a fascinating old legend concerning the definitive Welsh Bigfoot. He revealed that villagers in Nant Gwynant, a valley situated in Snowdonia, have for many centuries told the stories about the dark and mysterious cave of Owen Lorgoch in the Old Valley, which came to be known as the Home of the Hairy Man, a silent and stealthy thief who would break into their homesteads under the cover of darkness on a regular basis, finding that food had been stolen from them, that cows had been milked, and their sheep had been taken during the night, never to be seen again. But who or what was causing these strange happenings? The people of Nant Gwynant believe it to be a Bigfoot, as one day a shepherd was returning from the mountains much later than he would usually when he spotted something strange resting on the neighbouring hill. It was a huge, burly, naked man who was completely covered in thick red fur from head to toe. The shepherd was able to sneak past this man without being spotted and suspecting that this person could be responsible for the thievery that was taking place, he ran back to the village and persuaded all of the men in the village to join him in going after this hairy man and ridding the area of the creature once and for all. The men charged up the hill towards the wild man, homemade weapons in hand, yelling and screaming at him at the top of their voices. Unsurprisingly, this alerted the wild man and he was able to run away. The villagers decided to keep a very close watch over the hill from that day onwards in the event that the wild man might make his return. This turned out to be a very wise decision as only a few days passed before the hairy humanoid's havoc wreaking on Nant Gwynant resumed. So the villagers took a new approach and let loose a pack of vicious hounds onto the creature but unfortunately, the scent of these dogs alerted it and it was able to escape, leaving snarling dogs behind. An alternative plan was then put into place. They decided to consult a magician who told the villagers to find a red-haired greyhound dog without a single hair of a different color. This special dog would be able to catch the wild Welshman. After much searching, they were finally able to find the dog that they needed and they proudly brought it home When the villagers next saw the monster man they were ready for him. They got the red greyhound dog and set it loose to catch him but the crafty cryptid escaped yet again by leaping down a small cliff. The villagers were incredibly disappointed. No man, no dog, not even supernatural ancient magical powers could rid the village of this creature. Until one night when one woman was angered so much by the continual and frequent losses that she endured that she decided to stay up every night and hide herself in the front room of her farmhouse where she would lay in wait for the creature to once again pay her a visit. It took a good few weeks, but finally he came back, and this woman was ready for him. So when he squeezed his huge and bulky frame through the farmhouse window, she struck him with her hatchet, cutting off the hairy man's hand in one clean blow. He recoiled backwards and fled. The woman dashed out of the door of her farmhouse and bravely went after him to finish the job. But by the time she'd gotten outside, he was gone, leaving a trail of blood behind him. The villagers followed this trail to a cave beneath a local waterfall, but the hairy man was never seen again, so the villagers assumed that he had died in the cave, now known to this day as the Cave of the Hairy Man.
0: Jason Parsons, who spotted the alleged kafili Mountain Bigfoot, said that he was photographing tree structures, specifically what he believed to be X-type Bigfoot boundary marks. On numerous occasions, Bigfoot hunters have reported finding curious creations of teepee-like structures in areas where Bigfoot has been seen. These Sasquatch seekers believe that these may have been made as form of a shelter, particularly during wintertime, although in some cases there appears to be no attempt to make or create a canopy or a cover. Walls made from branches or twigs, leaves, mosses, and other woodland materials that would keep the inhabitant out of the elements. Other theories for these structures are as Jason Parsons had stated, boundary markers or territorial markers that are created by Bigfoot to alert others to their presence or possibly a warning to other woodland creatures or even humans to stay away. Some skeptics suggest however that these are simply man-made or even made naturally but in many cases the branches of the trees used to create these TP structures appear to have been either snapped or wrenched off which would require some considerable strength and dexterity. Some branches and trees have even been seen to be carefully bent over and woven or intertwined, which also shows a degree of intelligence and creativity. But again, these could be man-made. It could also simply be the case of Mother Nature's work. But it is always good to keep an open-minded approach to these matters. Other Bigfoot evidence has included wood knocks when Bigfoot takes a big stick or a log and wraps it against a tree to create a loud knocking sound. People have also seen odd stone structures and have even had stones thrown at them by possibly Bigfoot, who are very unhappy that they have decided to camp out in their habitat. Just like in the Snowdonia story, where their camp had been rampaged by marauding Bigfoot. There are so many different theories to what Bigfoot actually is, from being seen as a missing link in the evolutionary line between modern human beings and their anthropoid ancestors, that we all evolved from apes. However, most anthropologists say that this theory implies that the evolutionary process is a linear phenomenon. It is a slow, branching process over time, not a straightforward sequence, as is often shown.
1: The term Bigfoot was not coined until 1958, when Jerry Crew, a logging company bulldozer operator in Humboldt County, California, discovered a large set of 16-inch human-like footprints sunk deep within the thick mud of the Six Rivers National Forest. And his logging company colleagues began using the term Bigfoot to describe the apparent culprit. A plaster cast was made of the footprints and Jerry Crewe had his photograph taken with one of these plaster casts and appeared on the front page of the newspaper on October 6, 1958, which included the local tales of the hairy wild men. Soon the New York Times got a hold of the story and the name Bigfoot became a widespread phenomenon across America. But well before Bigfoot got his name, many indigenous cultures were telling tales of mysterious hair-covered humanoids inhabiting the wilder, mountainous and forest areas that surrounded them. There is something incredibly intriguing about these early beliefs that suggest that this creature is far more than it appears to be. That they do not represent an undiscovered ape and are more like a nature spirit or an ancient alien.
0: The Bigfoot figure is common to the folklore of most Northwest Native American tribes. The legends describe them as around six to nine feet tall, big feet, hairy, being uncivilized, foul-smelling, being incredibly strong and living in the woodlands and foraging at night. And in some stories, the Bigfoot is told to have some supernatural powers. These powers include such things as invisibility and even telepathy. Sometimes Bigfoot is seen as a guardian of nature or a caretaker of the forest, particularly by certain tribes of Native Americans. On the Tool River Indian Reservation in central California, petroglyphs created by a tribe at a site called Painted Rock are allegedly by some to depict a group of Bigfoot called the family. The local tribespeople call the largest of the glyphs hairy man, and they are estimated to be between 500 and 1,000 years old. 16th century Spanish explorers and Mexican settlers in California told tales of the Dark Watchers, large creatures alleged to stalk their camps at night.
1: The benevolent Bigfoot called the Guardians of Nature are the ones that appear alone or as a small family unit exchanging gifts with their local tribal communities and often using sign language to communicate with them. One of the most beautiful stories of Big Butt came from James C. Wyatt of Memphis, Tennessee who shared what his grandfather had written in his journal from 1888 which described how Wyatt's grandfather, while in the Humboldt Meridian in northwest California, came across a tribesman carrying a plate of raw meat. Wyatt's grandfather was very puzzled by this and he asked the tribesman what the meat was for. After thinking for a little while the tribesmen gestured to Wyatt's grandfather to follow him. They arrived at a large cave built into a cliff face and he was shocked to see a huge, hair-covered man-like beast. It was extremely docile and it ate the meat on the plate provided for him very enthusiastically. The tribesmen explained that the beast's name was Crazy Bear, and he had supposedly been brought to the forests from the stars. He told Wyatt's grandfather that a small moon had descended, ejecting Crazy Bear and several others of his kind. This small moon was reportedly piloted by very human-looking entities that always waved at the tribe's people as they dumped the hairy beasts on their land. Some say that the Bigfoot race was brought to Earth by the Star People. Others believe that the Bigfoot creatures come from another dimension, but can come here whenever they wish. They believe that Bigfoot has the ability to transverse multi-dimensions, and this could explain his elusiveness, because they're only temporary visitors to our realm of existence. They could use wormholes, for example. And if there are any of these wormholes on earth it could be quite easy for another creature to come through this would explain other creatures such as the mothman in point pleasant west virginia or even aliens as they may connect to another planet or another universe or even another time period
0: lastly there is the theory that richard freeman the zoological director for the center of 14 zoology states that bigfoot sightings could be ancestral memories of giant ape. He explains that everywhere you go, there is a global template of monsters, the same types of paranormal mystery animals reported all over the world, and in nearly each and every culture. This is where the unifying theory comes in. Back when the human race was just a couple of thousand small hairy creatures, and every man, woman and child on the planet are descendants from these same hairy creatures. And at that time period, there would have been a lot of things that would have scared them. Things that they would have been in danger from, maybe even eaten by, such as large wolves, big cats, of an era much like the saber-toothed tiger, and they may have even been in danger from their own relatives, such as the larger, stronger hairy men, and the primitive giant ape. All of these scenes could provoke a fight or flight response in our ancestors, and all of these types of creatures could exist in today's world as mystery animals, such as Bigfoot. The memories of these animals and our ancestors' experience with them, the deep-rooted fear of them has become hardwired into our subconscious. So, in certain circumstances, something can make the brain trigger these animals to appear, creating images when your brain reboots. The human brain is basically an incredibly sophisticated and sensitive computer. Just like a computer needs to reboot after a power surge, for example, the brain can do the same thing. Things like strange magnetic anomalies and electromagnetic fields can cause natural phenomenon which can affect and interfere with the human brain, possibly causing fear, panic, and a primitive reboot.
1: So what do you think about Bigfoot? Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, which of the theories do you think are true?
0: I think, yes, I believe in Bigfoot. There's a lot of evidence to support the fact that Bigfoot exists. Not just the footprints, but there's film, witness testimony. I think there's too much evidence to support the fact that there is something out there And nobody can definitively say that it's not there.
1: But what do you think Bigfoot actually is?
0: I think Bigfoot is a big hairy
1: ape. So you think he's the sort of missing link in between the evolutionary chain? Or do you think it's a whole other species that we haven't actually identified yet?
0: I think it's a species we've not identified yet, which may be the missing link.
1: So why are they so good at hiding?
0: We're discovering new species of animal every day. So it's not beyond the realms of possibility, is it?
1: I actually think that they're guardians of the forest. I really like that idea that there's some kind of spiritual creature that became revered by the old ancient tribes. That's a very nice
0: possibility.
1: You watch a lot of Bigfoot programs like Expedition Bigfoot and Finding Bigfoot and you even have a Bigfoot tattoo. Would you say Bigfoot is your favourite cryptid?
0: Yeah, I guess it is. I just like the idea there's something out there we don't know about.
1: Do you have a favourite Bigfoot movie? No, not
0: really, but do you?
1: Yeah, of course I do, I like Harry and the Hendersons
0: That's not a Bigfoot movie It is,
1: it's all about Bigfoot
0: That's a comic book
1: Did you know that um, Kevin Peter Hall, who played Harry Was also the same person who played Predator in Arnold Schwarzenegger' movie, Predator?
0: Not a lot of people know that
1: <laughs> I do now I also like all the cute animation movies that have come out recently like Abominable in 2019 and Smallfoot the Yeti that came out in 2018 and I did like Willow Creek which I think was 2013 which is like the Blair Witch found footage style but that's a bit bit scary for me.
0: Well getting back to the Bigfoot on Coffili Mountain I've looked at the footage and I must say at the start I thought the guy was seeing things but when I've looked at the whole film you can see the Bigfoot shaking the tree and the guy pans the camera up to the tree tops and you can see the tree moving and the trees around it are not moving. So that's very difficult to dispute, I think.
1: I don't know. I think maybe there was a bird in the tree or something like that. I am a strong believer in the paradolia thing. I think he was just seeing things. Although I will say that it was really fun to go up Kaffili Mountain in search of Bigfoot. We had a wonderful expedition, if that's what you could call it.
0: Yeah, it was. It was good fun.
1: Yeah, the dogs enjoyed it as well, didn't they?
0: They certainly did.
1: They didn't sniff out the Bigfoot though, did they?
0: No, they missed that one, didn't they?
1: So lastly, how many brooms would you rate Kaffili Mountain as a place to visit?
0: As a place to visit, Kaffili Mountain is quite pleasant and it has a lovely mountain snack bar. But I'm going to give it three brooms, I think.
1: If you want more information on Bigfoot and the things that we've discussed on our podcast today, then please read the book called The Bigfoot Book, the Encyclopedia of Squatch, Yeti and Cryptid Primates by Nick Redfern, which is available on Amazon. And you can click the link below in the description box. I'd just like to say
0: a big thank you again to Tyler for his suggestion about the Bigfoot on Coffili Mountain because we had a magical time. That concludes this edition of Travels by Broomstick. We hope you enjoyed our adventures, and we look forward to seeing you next time. Please like and subscribe, and turn on episode notifications.